Hey, so we're in the month of miracles, and so many people say, oh, it's one of my favorite months. Can I just say this is my favorite month? Because I love it when we just set aside time, set aside a whole month where we just want to draw closer to God. Is that not just the coolest thing? Now, I've got a question for you. How many people here love fasting? Just love it. You're a liar because fasting sucks. Like, seriously, like, I, before, I was hungry for God. Like, seriously, I was, I was like, God, I, I love you. You know, you're awesome, seeking your presence. But now I'm just hungry. Like, I just want a burger. I just, it's, that's not okay with me. But, hey, that's all right. Uh, no, fasting is awesome. We just came off a 10-day fast, and, yeah, it was really cool. I saw so many cool things happen in my life. I really hope it did in yours too. But um, it's really cool because... We, we see people be touched by God. We see people have miracles. We see people um, have, you know, God move in their life in whatever way. And that's amazing. But it gets to a point where you're just like, God, I'm here too. Like, you know, like this person's got their miracle. This person's seen you move in their life. But I'm like, God, like me too, maybe. Hi, like I'm, you're building my faith. That's for sure. You're building my vision. You're making me see further. But I want a miracle too. And I'm like, you know what? This is cool. But come on, like, let's move in my life. And I, um, about a year ago, I lost my job, which wasn't cool. Losing a job is not fun. And I was out of work for three months, which is nothing compared to Nick. Nick, so proud of you for getting a job. That is awesome. But I was out of work for three months, three and a half months, and I'd done everything in my own strength. I was handing out resumes. I was doing the online thing on, on Deed and like LinkedIn, whatever. You name it, I was on that website, and I'd done everything. And I was like, God, okay, I need you right now because I would have a job. I've done everything I can, and I still have no job. So I was like, God, please, please, just a job, just a job. And he was like, hey, Dave. He just nudged me. He was like, Come and seek me first, you know, come and spend time with me first. I'll sort out that stuff. And it, it, as soon as I did that, God was like, Phew, took all that worry away. God was like, here, okay, that job you want, don't worry about it. You're with me. It's all good. And there's a Bible, there's a Bible verse in Philippians. It's Paul talking. He says, be anxious for nothing. Note that, for nothing. What are you anxious for? Don't worry about it. Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. No, with thanksgiving. How many people here like pasta? I love pasta. Yeah, pasta is the man. If, if pasta was a human, I would be friends with him. And like, but how many people have had pasta by itself? It's not cool. It's bland. It's dry. It's kind of okay but it's not like you know but you put sauce in that pasta you put a little bit of meat in that pasta and you've got like oh come on spaghetti bolognese who doesn't love spaghetti bolognese but the pasta oh uh, yeah it needs some meat it needs some sauce and thanksgiving for me thanksgiving should be for you with your prayers. It should be with your requests to God. You should be thanking him in advance for what he's going to do, which is super cool. So prayer. Prayer to me is communing with God. To you, it could be something totally different. Um, it could be for me playing my guitar at home. I love just putting on a loop pedal and playing something and just 
praying to that. Um, maybe for you, it's just chucking on a worship song. Maybe for you, it's speaking in tongues. However you do it, just do that. Just start doing something with God. Now, supplication. I've just got, I've got this um, Kingdom Principles Bible. It is amazing. And it kind of breaks down what supplication is. It says, supplication is more than petitioning but suggests an intensity of earnestness in extended prayer. Not to gain merit of many words, but to fully transfer the burden of one's souls into God's hands. Is that not, like, amazing? We don't need to carry stress. We don't need to carry burdens. We just need to give it to God. We just need to lift it up to Him. And I love that. So, that's prayer. That's supplication. That's thanksgiving. What does God do with that? God totally hears it, that's for sure. We know that. God hears our prayers. It's written throughout the whole Bible. But what else does he do? Sometimes, I mean, for me in this month of miracles, a miracle is sparked by a thought of, I can't actually do this by myself. That tells me that I need a miracle. I need some intervention. I need something or I need someone to move in my life. And to me, that classifies something as a miracle because I can't do it and I know I can't. So, so God, God will, uh, yeah, God brings the miracle to, to pass because we need him. But more than that, the Bible tells us in verse 7, it says, do all these things and the peace of God, which surpasses, by the way, it surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I love, seriously, if something's going to guard my heart and mind, I want that. I want that because there is so many things in our lives, especially when we're crying out for a miracle that just come in, like, you, you don't need that miracle. They try and bash you on the head or whatever. Thoughts come, things come. But as you just give your, give your stuff to God, you, God, I need this miracle, but I recognize that you're going to do it for me. God, I need you to move in my life right now, but I know you're going to do it. And if you just simply put those things up to God, God says, I will give you my peace, which surpasses all understanding. It'll guard your hearts. It'll guard your minds. And we can be rest assured that as we move our hand and we speak to God and we do our part, that God totally, totally will move. It says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So in the midst of my doubt, I found that as I lifted God higher, my circumstances in my life, when I needed that job, it didn't actually affect me anymore. In fact, that's, to me, that's what the guarding did. I didn't even realize, but those thoughts were like, nope, you're not getting a job. It's not working out for you. It's been three months. You're not going to get a job. They kind of left, and I just had faith in my heart that God was totally, totally going to move. And can I tell you right now, he did. I've had that job for over a year now. It is absolutely amazing. So my encouragement to you tonight is just trust God. If he tells you, if he gives you a promise in your heart that he's going to do something, just trust it. Trust it with all your heart because God is God, right? God is so much bigger than us. And church, I just want to encourage you on that tonight. Hope you enjoy the other speakers. Thank you. So good. Let's give it up for Dave. I just, I just, I love that, that thought and, and his, his testimony really about you know, no matter what circumstance or situation we might be in, 
you know, before trying to figure out a plan or to be just sitting there feeling isolated and stressing about it, but to just take it to God and trust that He's going to move in such a powerful way. Thank you, David. That was such a great word. Let's give it up for David one more time. Well, our next speaker is a beautiful young lady. She's one of our worship leaders on the band here, and she just carries such a beautiful anointing and such a sweet spirit with her. Uh, She's a Connect, uh, Connect Group leader in our senior high ministry, and she just loves those girls so passionately, encourages them, prays for them, and she's always just lifting them up. And uh, so I'd love for us to give a big hand tonight for Piata as she comes and encourages us. Thank you, Josh. Whoa, that's loud. Thank you, guys. Yes, please sit. Oh, hello. Um, Well, actually, Josh and Shekinah Stott, I want to honour you guys right now because when I first came to youth, you were the ones who took me under your wing. You were the one who invested so much time into me and helped me build foundations who have led me to be who I am today. So thank you so, so much for spending so much time with me and helped me grow at the start of my walk. And also, Dan and Ebony Frecker, These are my now youth pastors and you spend every single week encouraging me, lifting me up and giving me opportunities that I never thought I could do because you believed in me. And I thank you and I want to honour you guys as well so, so much. I appreciate both of you. So let's give them a hand. They're amazing. But yeah, I'm going to pretty much jump straight into it. In my early years from about 11 11 to 14 I was a very, very broken person. I got bullied quite severely and those were like my years that I struggled a lot with my parents splitting up and it was a rough time. I did the typical teenage girl thing where you get into gossiping, complaining, get into the wrong crowds and I became a very broken and hurt person. I became the person that I never wanted wanted to be because I see bullying and I want it to stop because it's not something that anyone enjoys at all and... Luckily, when I turned about 14, I came into the house of God here at C3 and gave my life, and that's when God moved in my life and things changed and turned around for the better. So, yeah, praise God for that. And in Luke 6 to 46, it says, if I can get it, So why do you keep calling me, Lord, Lord, when you do not do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. There's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins and just take hold of that. Before God, I would find my satisfaction in this world. I would always go to people for advice and they tell me not what I need to hear, but what I want to hear, so they can be like, oh, got that over and done with, now she can go away. I told her what I want them, I want her to hear. And during my relationship with God, as that kicked off, I actually, I heard that talking to God is actually an amazing thing to do, and it can actually change the world. So I practiced it, and I was like, okay, God, like, this is my situation, please do something in it. I'm hurting and I'm broken, and he'd give me the answers, He'd say, Piata, you need to forgive those people who have hurt you. Piata, you'll find your peace in me. I am what love is. And being the young girl that I was, I completely ignored it. Would go to bed, wake up the next day, keep going to people, keep complaining, keep gossiping, keep being the person that I never wanted to be. But 
as my relationship with God grew stronger and stronger, he built three things in me that are the reason who I is. How do you say that? The reason for who I am today. And <laughs> this is where it kind of gets practical, I guess. And the first thing he taught me was how to speak. And I know that seems super simple, but example, if you go up to someone in silence and you're just chilling and you don't say anything, they're going to be like, Piata, what do you want? Like, why are you here? You need to talk to me. You need to say something. I don't know why you're here. And funny thing is, God's the exact same, but the only difference being is he already knows what you want. He already knows the desires in your heart. He already knows your needs, but he actually wants you to verbalize what you need to him. He wants you to know that he can do something about it because he can. He is the one that changes your situation, not people. He will tell you what you need to hear, what will bring you healing. People won't do that for you. And so that's one thing that he worked on me a lot. And as I began to do that, it changed my world. And if you turn to Isaiah 65, it says, The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for my help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call my name. <laughs> and straight up, we can never complain that God is not there, that his arms aren't open, because he says in his truth, he says in his word, that I'm here for you, my arms are open. I want you to take that step. I want you to know that I am God and I can do something about it. He wants you to go to him and speak what's going on in your world and believe that he can change it because I've experienced it for myself that he can change any situation. And my second one is listen, which is oh, mic drop. It is <laughs> something that's very hard to do. I remember when I first started out on my journey, I was like praying to God and I'd give him time to speak to me and then I wasn't sure if it was just my thoughts or whether it was God's thoughts and I just didn't really know how to determine what was what and an example being to kind of like make this relatable was I have two aunties who I'm very close to and in my younger years every time I'd pick up mum's phone when they call I'd be like hi and they'd be like oh hi Gloria which was my mum they couldn't kind of determine who was who which was my mum and which was me but at two different times in my life they lived with us and out of that, we obviously grew relationship. They began to know who I was and what my voice was and how to, like, decide whether that was me or my mum talking. Like, they got to know my mum and what her voice sounded like and what she was like. And God's the same. You spend time with God. You speak to him. You give him space. You give him time to talk to you. That's when he speaks to you. But you need to give him space to move. You don't say, God, I'm giving you two minutes. Talk to me. And if you don't, I'm out. You need to give him space. You don't put a time limit on God. And once you start practicing what his voice sounds like, you, you build that relationship that I built with my aunties. So they knew who I was. They knew what my voice was. And I knew what God's voice was. And that's how I began to determine and grow closer to God. And out of that, he, I could determine what he sounded like. He started telling me who I was. And he started <clears throat> making me that strong house that was built with foundation. I wasn't easily swayed or broken um, third point being obey and this was yeah I can remember one point in my life where obeying God absolutely changed my world because at one time in my life I had one specific person who manipulated me and treated me very badly and knocked all my walls down it made me so broken it hurt me so much and everything that I'd built up and who I was like got completely knocked down and it was it wasn't a good time at all and, yeah, because of that, I became a very, very, very broken person. But I remember one night I was sitting in my bed crying out to God. I was just like, God, make it stop. Make it stop. I hate it. And once again, he said, Piata, 
forgive them. Who knows, it's so much easier to be angry at someone than to forgive them, right? And I was like, oh, you serious? But I, I decided to do that. I confessed to God and I cried out. I said every single thing that they did to me, but I forgave them for it. I said, God, I'd much rather obey you and find peace rather than be angry and hurt and broken. Woke up the next day, never felt more peace than I ever had in my whole life. And still to this day, I can tell that person that I love them and I will never hold that against them again. And so I, I encourage you, obey, listen. God will move in your life like he's done in mine. He's made me that strong house. Like it says in his word, you need to just listen. You need to speak to him. You need to obey him. He'll make you strong. He'll tell you who you are in him and we'll be, start to become like Christ. He is like the only person you would ever want to be like because he is everything good. He is everything that love, that peace is. And I encourage you guys that it has changed my life just by speaking to God, but listening and give him time to talk to me and just obeying what he says. I can now say that I can't easily be broken down by people who give me bad looks or people who say things about me because I'm like, I don't, I don't care what you say. God has told me who I am and I know who I am because God has told me and I believe him and I will obey whatever he wants me to do. So, I'm, yeah, I just encourage you guys, please give God space, listen to his voice and just do whatever he tells you because I can guarantee you that it, the outcome will be so, so much better than anything that you could get from this world. So, yeah, thank you guys. Come on. So good. You know, I think that ties in so beautifully for our month of miracles. When we're asking God, like using speaking to him about, God, this is what we're believing for in our breakthrough. But on the flip side of that, you know, listening to what God is saying and asking of us to do in that time, that can absolutely change our world. And, you know, I believe as Piata was sharing tonight, uh, that God was speaking to some people here tonight about, you know what, I've actually asked you to do this and just to take a step of faith. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to do that and trust God and watch him change your world. Thank you, Piata, for being so vulnerable and so genuine and honest. We love you and we're so glad to have you investing into the women, the young girls in our church. So good. Well, our next speaker tonight is an amazing, mighty man of God. He's a man of integrity. He's the biggest encourager uh, of people, and uh, he just, he's just so faithful. He is a rock. Whatever he puts his mind to, he just does with excellence and faithfulness. He serves on our, our worship team. He's about to launch a connect, uh, young adult connect group, and, uh, and plus he, he does all this cool stuff with music stuff. I don't, I don't really understand it, but hey, let's stand to our feet and welcome Keegan right now. Thanks, Pastor Josh. Hey church, how you doing? Grab a seat, give someone a high five, tell them you love them. If you don't, maybe that was your moment if you're looking for a lady friend. Anyway, um, shout out to our senior pastors, Pastor John and Danielle. Uh, I want to honor you guys tonight because uh, literally I'm eternally grateful for this church. Literally eternally grateful. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this church. And um, that you guys would lay your life down so that you could build all of ours up, like day in and day out. We really appreciate that. You probably don't even realize how much we do. So can we just honor our uh, pastors tonight? We love you guys, and we're behind you 100%. You guys are amazing. Excellent. To get into it, 
Uh, have you ever done something in your life that you wish you hadn't done? Like, have you ever had those moments where you're just like, wow, uh, that was a big fail? It may have been like you said to a lady, uh, oh, congratulations on the baby. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. And then you're just like, oh, great. Or you tap um, somebody on the back and you're like, oh, excuse me, sir. And they turn around and you realize that you just called a lady, sir. It has happened. And you just feel so awkward. And you're just like, take me now, Lord. Like, I'm good to go right now. We've all had those moments, those moments where you're just like, that was a fail. Like, damn. Um, are we allowed to say damn on stage? I did. <laughs> um, Yes, and sometimes uh, we can have those fail moments with God as well. Uh, have you ever done something that you wish you hadn't done? Have you uh, ever felt like you failed God time and time again? And no matter how many times uh, you screw up, you still find yourself uh, doing the same thing over and over again. And those moments with your walk with God, and you're like, okay, God, that was a big fail. Everyone say fail. Excellent. Now, if, if that relates to you, um, welcome to the club. You're probably sitting in a place uh, full of people who have felt like that stage, that time, you know what I'm trying to say, felt like that at some stage in their Christian walk. Um, to give you a bit of a backstory, um, before inviting Jesus into my life, um, I found myself depressed and suicidal. I was addicted to pot and I experimented with heaps of different drugs. Um, I was filled with so much hate and I felt like I had something missing in my life. And um, I tried to fill it with uh, so many things and nothing truly satisfied. It wouldn't actually go away. I had no peace. Uh, a friend invited me to church and I came along and I started to realize that Jesus actually loves me. Um, and I made a decision to invite him into my life. And man, oh man, my life has changed since that moment. That was a game changer for me. Uh, I felt his peace. I felt like I had a brand new start. Now, just because I invited Jesus into my life in that moment doesn't mean that I instantly became perfect. See, I was a fresh Christian. I had one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. I was saved for probably six months, and I was encouraged by a pastor here to become an intern here at church and do Bible college. Sure. <laughs> um, so you'd think that you'd need to have it all together to do Bible college and become an intern, right? Wrong. So... A few fail moments uh, that I'm going to share with you guys. Um, one thing that I can't believe that I did now, and now that I look back on it, um, I'm just like, really? So I was walking past our, one of our amazing pastors, Pastor Jeremy. He's upstairs at the moment. We just come out of a meeting, and I, for some reason, thought it would be a really good idea, a spontaneous idea, and I thought it would be funny to give him a nipple cripple. Yeah. Now... He just looked at me like, did you really just do that? And um, yeah, later that day, I had a meeting with my supervisor. We had a coaching moment. And he said, it's probably best you don't walk around the office giving your pastors nipple cripples. And uh, it's probably not the best thing to do. So everyone say fail. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Excellent. Okay, so all of us, we have fail moments. Uh, fail moments are normal. Um, and I, wanna, I want you to repeat after me these three words. Uh, this will help in the next part. I want you to repeat these three words. Keep turning up. You ready? Three, two, one. Keep turning up. Excellent. So 
a few fails, and remember, I'm a fresh Christian. Okay, smoking weed after Bible college. Everyone say fail. Yeah, but what do you do? Keep turning up. Excellent. Catching on. Uh, smoking weed at friends' houses and telling them how much Jesus loves them because I now go to church and my life has changed. <laughs> Everyone say fail. Yeah, but what do you do? Keep turning up. Good. Uh, many, many failed attempts to quit smoking cigarettes, leaving church on a Tuesday, buying a packet of cigarettes, calling the young adults pastor to come and pick me up from the bus stop, even though I should have been in the studio doing work like a good intern should. Everyone say fail. Yeah, but what did I do? I kept turning up. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Okay, so I'm probably a year and a half in a Bible college now. Uh, I'm a second year intern. I should have had my stuff together by now, right? Wrong. Um, another fail. Still watching porn at night, even though I told God the night before that it would be the last time. Every t everyone say fail. Yeah, but what do you do? Excellent. See, it says in Proverbs uh, 24, verses 16 in the NLT, it says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. See, one of the enemy's biggest lies uh, at the start of your journey will be like, you're not good enough. If only everyone at church knew what you're really like. You call yourself a Christian. Uh, you, uh, you should just give up because God's really not impressed with you. You'll have those thoughts. And I want to encourage you, like, no matter how many times you fall, how many times you fail, just keep turning up. See, uh, God might hate the sin that turns you away from Him, but He loves you. Like, He is in love with you. Like, He thinks that you're amazing. And I think we do have to make that decision early on in our journey that no matter what, no matter how many times we fail, if we feel like we don't belong, or uh, if we feel like we don't really have too many friends here at church, or if we're... Uh, we don't feel good enough or we're a bit discouraged or offended at somebody. I think that we need to make that decision early on to just keep turning up no matter what. It has to be a non-negotiable. Uh, why though? It's, it's why? It's because it's about a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, church is a place where your relationship uh, with God flourishes. It's one of the places that you can draw near to God. I realized I couldn't change in my own strength and I needed something more. And I just kept turning up. Uh, slowly things started to shift. And if you can relate, uh, keep turning up because things will shift in your world as well. And has anyone ever told you that you become like the people that you hang out with? Um, did you know that the more that you draw near to God, supernaturally things inside you start to change? Now, if you've invited Jesus into your life, His Spirit lives in you and things happen in you supernaturally. In Romans 8, 8, it says... There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And maybe you're here tonight and you think that you're not good enough to be a Christian. I have some good news for you. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. Um, because of what Jesus did on the cross, um, we are made perfect in God's eyes, 100% flawless. He forgives us of all our junk, all of our sin. And later on in the service, there will be a moment where you can invite Jesus into your life. And you don't have to be perfect to do that. Just come as you are which is pretty cool. Now, this might sound cheesy, but think of it like this. Imagine a caterpillar or a capitilla. Um, now, they're cool, like, when you think about them, but no one has ever really said, like, whoa, look, a caterpillar, right? I mean, caterpillars are cool, but um, you've probably heard people say, like, wow, look, a butterfly. And that's because of the transformation. Like, God is into transformation. 
Uh, now, if you've asked Jesus into your life, that's great. Just keep turning up. Keep turning up to church. Keep going to connect group, turning up to pray, um, because God literally, he will start to change your life, and he will do way more than you could ever imagine, and your life will never be the same. I promise. Just keep turning. Nice. Good job. Uh, some practical things for you guys. Um, you have to make that decision for yourself. Like, will you keep turning up? I can't make that decision for you. Nobody else can. You have to make that decision for yourself. No matter what, just I, you have to make that choice. I'm just going to keep turning up. Make it non-negotiable. Another thing, talk to someone. If you're struggling with something, uh, get it in the light. I remember I was struggling with the porn thing, and I had a meeting with Pastor Josh, and he probably remembers this. <laughs> legend. And um, I walked in there, I walked into his office and I just started crying. I was like, oh, I'm struggling with this, etc. And in doing that, uh, that moment is what broke that thing off my life. I got it in the light. I wasn't hiding it anymore and I had to get it out. Um, so if that relates to you in any way, it doesn't have to be porn. It can be anything. Um, but get it in the light. Don't keep things in the dark. Otherwise, those things will grow. Now, um, my last practical thing is enjoy God. Um, Jesus loves you so much, like actually loves you, and he wants you to enjoy having a relationship with him. <laughs> um, make it a mission of yours to draw near to him. Um, take the pressure off. Turn to your neighbor and say, take the pressure off. Yeah. And just enjoy the journey. Hey, um, at my work, when I first started at work, we did this um, thing called, a training session called Seeing Red Cars. And the thing is, um, have you ever like bought a new car and then all of a sudden you notice that car everywhere and you're like, wow, there's that car? Yeah, so seeing red cars. Um, a practical tip for you would be to just shift your focus. Instead of um, focusing on trying to be perfect and uh, trying not to stuff up in these different areas, just fit, uh, shift your focus onto the goodness of God and how amazing He is because that will be something that, that's a key for you. If you know, Maybe you just need a focus shift um, otherwise, you'll just keep tripping yourself up and you'll just, you know, go around in circles in that um, because you actually you get more of what you focus on. It's pretty cool. So to sum it all up, um, I want to encourage you guys, failing is a normal thing. Um, you don't have to be perfect. It's bound to happen. We're all human. We're all on a journey. And no matter what, what are we going to do? Keep turning up. Excellent. Bless you, church. You guys are amazing. Come on. Man, I just, I don't know about you, but I just, it just feels good to come to church, knowing that no matter who I am, no matter what I've done or where I am in my life, I can come and just uh, be accepted and, and just learn and grow in God. And so, you know, such a powerful story from Keegan. Let's thank Keegan one more time in this place. Great job, buddy.